Murder Road discusses themes of homicide, violence, sexual assault, and at times uses explicit language. Listener discretion is highly recommended. My name is Liz, and I'm not sure I should be doing this. I grew up on Murder Road. That's not the actual name of the road, that's just what people called it when I needed a ride home from play rehearsal. It's dark and I'm scared of Murder Road was a standard response when I'd ask if people could drop me off at home. It was actually a beautiful place to grow up most of the time. Now, I'm an adult. And now, as a parent, I wonder what happened to some of these people. We were always told not to worry about it because they were just dropped off there. They weren't actually killed there. Like that was some kind of consolation. What concerns me is that by doing this, I'm kind of opening myself up to not just scrutiny, but potentially making myself and my family a target. And that's not really the best idea. But I feel really compelled to do this because I've spent my entire life wondering how some of these people ended up there, who they were, and what happened to them. My two best friends are helping me. Please don't expect there to be a high production value. Don't expect there to be any resolution because this is 30 years that we're talking about almost and we still have no answers all we have are dead bodies welcome to murder road podcast i'm liz my best friends are here helping me and they are i'm katie hi i'm misty hi i view this podcast in quarters Partly real-time investigation, partly this is my own personal journey uncovering the darkness that I grew up surrounded by. Partly an attempt to bring more awareness to the cases and hopefully someday some justice, and partly an opportunity for people of the community to be able to express their feelings and their experience about the people that they knew. We are here to talk about Fewtown Road, the people found murdered there, and the secrets it holds to this day. Fewtown Road is a desolate stretch of pavement in Deerfield, Ohio. It has no streetlights and a bit of a sordid history, which we'll get into more of later. Heavily wooded area between Akron, Canton, and Youngstown. All three cities are a short drive away, but may as well be worlds apart. There's a lot of game lands and hunting and fishing areas nearby. Interestingly enough, this whole area is so forested and isolated There are more reported Bigfoot sightings here than in any other part of the state. But I digress. Fewtown Road ends at the Berlin Reservoir in southern Portage County, near the point where Stark, Mahoning, and Portage Counties converge, which makes this a jurisdictional nightmare, and I'm pretty sure plays a part in why some of these cases remain unsolved after so long. The cases we're focusing on initially all happened within one year of each other. Between November 1993 and November 1994, Four people were found murdered at the end of Fewtown Road, just steps from my childhood home. To this day, all four homicides remain unsolved. Let's talk about how crazy this is for a minute. How improbable it is for four murder victims to end up within a half mile of each other at different times in a place like Deerfield. The Ohio Mysteries podcast dubbed this area a, quote, vortex of evil, end quote. And I don't think that that is inaccurate. The good folks at Morgan Quitno Press publish a yearly report compiling crime trends at the state level. According to them, agencies across Ohio reported 662 homicides in 1994. They made arrests for 493 of them at the time of reporting. That gives Ohio a 76.7% homicide clearance rate in 94, 
which is really pretty fantastic. Maybe even a little too good. And out of those 662 reported murders, only 34 were reported in rural areas for the entire state. And four of them occurred within the same half mile. That equals out to a whopping 12% of all rural murders in the state of Ohio in 1994 happened here at the end of Fewtown Road. If we assume that the Portage County clearance rate keeps pace with the state overall, three of those should be solved, but none are. So in this first episode, we're going to give you a brief overview of the cases. We'll take a closer look at each case in some later episodes, and we'll share what we find along the way. So how did this start off? Andy Hoosey and Lisa Waters were the first two killed. Hunters found their bodies the morning of November 6, 1993 at about 9 a.m. They had been shot to death on the banks of the Berlin Reservoir. Investigators determined that they had been killed about six hours before being found, so at about three in the morning. Small game hunting season had started just the previous day, but they ruled out a hunting accident. They don't think Andy and Lisa were out there hunting at 3 a.m., and they don't think anyone else was out there hunting at 3 a.m. either to shoot them by accident. What they do think is that Andy and Lisa were just out enjoying an unseasonably warm night. They had built a campfire, and Andy's car was parked nearby. Investigators at the time said Andy and Lisa were both shot by a high-powered sniper rifle from across the lake. There's a 40-foot cliff on the opposite side of the lake, and that's where they think the shots came from. The witnesses suggest a different story. We'll get into more of that later because it gets murky. Now, here's where it gets weird. Andy Hoosey was the son of Portage County Sheriff's Lieutenant Gordon Hoosey. How unusual is it for the murder of a police officer's child to go unsolved for 26 years. Seriously, if you know, let us know. The closest I could find to an actual statistic was from NPR, and they said, quote, almost always cleared, end quote. Andy isn't even listed on the Ohio Attorney General's Unsolved Case Database. I couldn't find an obituary for him or Lisa online either. Which is odd. Very odd. Very odd. So, Missy, what do you know about the third murder? Sarah Bain was 14 years old from Beaver County, Pennsylvania, who went missing on July 14, 1994. She was last seen by her brother when she left the house at 10.45 p.m. It was not noticed that she went missing until the next morning when she did not show up for her doctor's appointment. Her body was found November 4, 1994, but not identified until May of 2003. Wasn't she found on the start of hunting season, yes. just like Andy and Lisa were? Yeah. And found by hunters. Mm -hmm. Which brings us to the fourth and final murder of the years between 1993 and 1994, also marking the end of my childhood. Kathy Menendez was 17 when she went missing. She was reported to have been going to a friend's house in Deerfield. She was subsequently reported missing on August 20th, 1994. Her body was found naked, strangled, stabbed, and bludgeoned to death on August 25th, 1994. She's believed to have been killed 24 to 48 hours before her body was found, and she was believed to have been killed somewhere else. If you look at the FBI page and poster, it automatically defaults to the FBI case concerning Sarah Bain. Kathy was starting her senior year at West Branch High School in Stark County. She was wearing a black tank top and shorts that were never recovered. Initially, the FBI believed that Sarah and Kathy's cases were connected. 
But not all investigators, and certainly not Kathy's mother, believe that. The authorities haven't said if Kathy or Sarah were sexually assaulted, but as a kid I always interpreted naked, beaten, and strangled to mean raped and killed. To me, the implication was pretty clear. Kathy had wanted to become a hairdresser, was always doing something with her hair. What made me finally decide now, as an adult, that I needed to find out what happened to Kathy is having my own little girl, who always did stuff with her hair and wanted to grow up and be a hairdresser. At some point, my own daughter went missing, and I know what it's like to not know where your daughter is. And I got lucky. I got mine back alive. And Kathy is proof that not everybody gets their little girls back. I'm not really sure what else to say about Kathy yet. Uh, I've heard a lot of different rumors and reports that I'm going to get into later. But as of right now, that's all I know. She was the one that bothered me the most when mm -hmm. I was a kid. Because when her picture came out in the paper, she just looked like everybody else at the skating rink. Right. She just looked like anybody else that I knew. And, um, I don't know. It's just always bothered me. And, uh, and it, it bothered me that she was literally in the town next door. Mm -hmm. You know, I, when I was a kid, you know, when you live in a small town, your concept of what a big town is, is radically different than other people's. Right. And so for us, Alliance was where we would go for like groceries and like department stores and go to go to the movies and stuff like that. And so it was the only city that I, I had mm -hmm. experience with at that point. And so the idea though, that this little girl was living in this town right next door and she can just disappear and be killed the way she was, was just mind boggling. It's still mind boggling. Yeah. So how far is Alliance from where you grew up on, from where you live? Oh, not, not far, not far at all. Uh, like, uh, I think my concept of not far might not might not be the same as everybody's concept of not far. I so. don't know yeah, miles. Yeah. I'm not good that at miles. Part of me is like two minutes down, some two minutes away. Yeah, I would say like fifteen minute drive, twenty minute drive, like a ten minute drive. Okay, if that. okay. And we are from Ohio, so we do things in minutes. Um, and Alliance is in Stark County, correct? Correct. And Fewtown is in Portage, Portage, correct? Yep. And Deerfield, which is a township, it's not actually a town per se. Deerfield is a very small place, and Fewtown Road butts up against Deerfield and Alliance, and also Atwater. Oh, it's at a nice. weird, a weird kind of crux. Right. And I feel like this is twenty-five years later, and maybe some of these people aren't willing to hold those secrets anymore. Right. And I feel like that's important. I feel like it's important for the community. I think it's just about time that it's it's solved. This is. Yeah. It's just too, been too long. I mean. Could you imagine if she was alive right now? Right. She would have kids. She might even yeah. have grandkids mm -hmm. by now. And it's, that's just unacceptable. It's. I think, um, I think for anyone who doesn't like know this case, if they go and read about Kathy, I think many girls like myself will realize when I read about her, she was me. I was her at 17. Yeah. She didn't oh. do anything that I wasn't doing. Right. Like everybody else, we changed our hair color. We went out with our friends. We didn't always tell our parents where we were going. We right. stayed out a couple of days at a time just because, well, 
you're at, you're 17, you're so close to being an adult, and that's what you did. Everybody I've ever talked to about Kathy, because there are people in my life that I know that knew Kathy. Right. And they all say she was a very nice girl, yeah. and she was very quiet, um, which is ironically how they describe Sarah as yes, well. She was very quiet. quiet um, but it makes you wonder, you know. In my understanding, both of their mothers expected them to be home. Right. Like, this was, you know... This was nothing that they would have thought would have happened. They wouldn't have been right. gone this long. They wouldn't have done anything like this. They might have stayed out overnight. They might have been right. gone an extra day or stayed out a little bit later because we've all... This was before <laughs> cell phones, too. Right. So yeah. it's not so like you can just text and be like... No, hey, I'm out here. Yeah. Well, like, it's I'm, not like I'm, your mom can stalk you on Facebook. Right. Right, right. <laughs> so if you were gone with friends for the weekend, it really wasn't that big of a deal. And there wasn't right. cause to worry until right. you got home. Or until you didn't get until home. Until you didn't get home. Or if you never got home. Right. So that's where I'm at with the whole thing. I, I feel like there are parts of the community of Deerfield that would rather not talk about this stuff. Right. But I feel like there's a bigger portion that really needs to talk about it. Just for their own edification. Like, I, as bad as it bothered me as a kid, I can't imagine that it didn't affect other people just as badly. And I didn't grow up in Deerfield, and it still bothers me. <laughs> right. I also feel like this maybe can shut down some rumors Yeah, that aren't true. Absolutely. That I'm sure are swirling around still. Oh, oh I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> I can almost guarantee. Yeah. In fact, I've heard some of them. Well, because, you know, any girl with makeup and oh, right. hair who's going to parties is obviously doing X, Y, and Z. Right. Right. Well... I also feel like it's just it's just so important for the community to be able to move mm -hmm. forward ever. I feel like we've been at a standstill for so long, and I th feel like part of it is that things like this really gnaw at the mm -hmm. soul of a place. And I feel like if people don't deal with it, it just festers. Right. And um, sunlight is the best disinfectant. It always, always has been and always will be. Liz, for you, this was like your childhood. Like you're growing up, like the case that just always kind of stuck with you from your, oh yeah, from your teenage years, from growing up, like this is just, it always kind of stuck with you. Do you have anything like that, Misty? I do actually. Um, if you, if you're from Lorain County, specifically if you're from Elyria, there is a case that happened in 1990. Um, a 14-year-old girl named Angela Hicks was found murdered. It's always reported by a barn, but specifically by a barn that's like next to the mall, which is a huge deal. And um, it was it was never solved. I will say the interesting thing about this case and probably what bothers everybody about this case is I think all of us knew who did it. They could just never charge this person. And um, listeners can look this up because they will quickly find that a person is going to be charged. So that's what I will say so about progress that. progress is exciting. Progress is very exciting. It's just, it's been a very long time. And the sad thing about this to me is if they could have caught this person all those years ago in 1990, this person wouldn't have been able to go on and kill five to six more people. That's heartbreaking. Yes. Because I'm pretty sure they're thinking this was this person's first. Well, mm. that's, yeah, that's mm -hmm. a big deal. And that's yeah. what I wonder about the murders that happen on Pewtown. It's like, right. wait, so did these people... Did this person or persons kill anybody else? Right. 
did the same person kill all four that's people? Like, that's right. what I'd like to add. Are I mean, the, the odds are pretty astronomical, but right. it's not impossible. It's not out of the realm of possibility. Right. Or did four different, or did three different killers dis- dispose of four different bodies right. in the same place? Or are we looking at the same killer? And could it, can we, can, can we do anything now? Could we do anything then right. to help bring this person or persons to justice and get these families some closure? Right. Absolutely. Because it's, I would say it's, it's just as likely, I mean, for all of the options here, it's mm-hmm. just as likely that the same person killed all of them, just as likely that multiple people mm-hmm. just happened to kill all these people and find this one spot to dump them. Yeah. I mean, it's incredibly convenient. There's there's a joke, actually. (laughs) One of my friends on Facebook uh, commented about it. Um, He said, well, you know what they say. If you got to get rid of a body, there's always Fewtown Road. How long has that been a joke? I would say probably since 1994. Wow. I I mean, I can't be sure, but... I, mean, I grew up in Portage County, and which is really not far from Fewtown Road in Deerfield. Right. Maybe a 20-minute drive from where I grew up. And I grew up at knowing nothing about this. Knowing nothing about it. There the first wasn't a whole lot of press about it. And that's part of what bothers me the most is that I really felt like Kathy got railroaded in the yeah. news. They basically just made it sound like, eh, well... She was stupid. That was her fault. There is so much more information on Sarah than there is on Kathy. Right. Than and you I can find online. For I don't, what reason I don't know. I don't know either. I don't Probably know. because the FBI was involved That's from day one with, right. with Sarah. Because I think they were investigating it as a kidnapping, yes. not as a homicide, which puts it in the FBI territory. And I want to say, let's face it, at the time, how much experience did Portage County have with a a dead 17-year-old girl. Considering Don't. what was going on on Fewtown Road right. before this happened, they probably have. none. Right, none. Because they so, weren't dealing with Fewtown Road at that time. Right. In fact, that was why Fewtown Road got the reputation it did in the first place. Oh, so it, was, it was just left alone. Right. Um, it's rumored that Fewtown Road is where, uh, you know, the mafia went to do their dirty dealings and where biker gangs went to settle disputes. Right. Yeah. I have really weird curiosity here. I am curious how many people in the area now know about these murders and how many people, if they know about them, think that it's just rumors. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't actually know. But those four that happened in my residence, in my tenure, those ones are pretty well documented as having happened. I I feel like it's going to probably be a pretty in-depth process. And I, it's already, I already see it branching out in several different directions. There are four people murdered that we have to look at. So far. And, and like I said, (laughs) since I've started talking to people, I've already found out about two other murders that happened at different times before then. And, uh, apparently they both have, have convictions behind them, but I do still, I do ultimately want to touch on them at some point. There was another murder that didn't happen on Fewtown Road, but happened very close to Fewtown Road. I would say within two miles. Um, and I really want to find out about it because it was the first thing that I ever heard about as a kid that really oh. stuck in my brain. And it was this girl. They had found her naked and beaten and murdered. And I don't remember all the details, but they she had been chained to a parking barrier. 
it was like a um like those they're kind of like telephone poles but like really short mm -hmm. and like it's those ones they use like to keep cars barriers. from yeah into buildings right and so it was uh, an ice cream stand that had a parking lot that was surrounded by those off of 225 and they found this girl and I never heard her name I never heard anything else about her and until I started looking into some of these cases I didn't know anybody else besides me and my cousin and my mom had ever heard of this. None of these victims deserve to be forgotten. I feel like no people are throwaways. Correct. Well said. So tune back later for a little bit for more uh, in-depth information. We'll talk about what we know. We'll talk about speculation and we'll talk about what has been rumored, and we'll talk about some possible theories. If you have any information, no matter how insignificant it may seem, about the deaths of Andy Hoosey, Lisa Waters, Sarah Bame, or Catherine Menendez, please contact the Portage County Sheriff's Cold Case Information Line at 330-297-3890 or the FBI in Cleveland at 216 522 one four zero zero or Pittsburgh at four one two four three two four zero zero zero. If you're not comfortable contacting law enforcement directly, you can reach out to us and we will let them know. You can find us on Twitter at Murder Road Pod and you can email us at murderroadpodcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Instagram at Murder Road Podcast. Thanks so much for listening, and until next time, it's never too late to make a difference.